Hey everyone, welcome to Lessons with Mike. I'm here with Ryan. Hello. And we're going to talk about piercing and, and how you got into that. So tell us a little bit about how you got into piercing and how you started with that. Well, actually, I've kind of always been obsessed with um, body modification. Uh, my dad used to, well, my family used to go up to Cabo Fish Taco and Noda all the time. And he would always bring me over to Foo's Tattoo across the street. And I was just obsessed as like a little 12 year old. I was just like going in there all the time and like asking questions and watching. And um, so I've been obsessed ever since. He has no idea that he honestly led me to do body piercing. And I don't know if he'd appreciate that knowledge, but <laughs> that's okay. Um, but well, the secret's out now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, though. Um, but a couple of years later, I was just going down to this shop nearby and hanging out and, you know, asking questions and learning a little bit. And they got busy one day and the head lead piercer messaged me and he was like, hey, you want to come help out? Help <laughs> front desk. I was like, OK, bad. So that's that's what really led to me really learning. But nice. that was basically the start of my apprenticeship. That's all. When did you start that? How long did that take? So I started that in about December of 2018. Um, and the apprenticeship was relatively short. The apprenticeship was about four months. It should have been a bit longer, but um, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you figured it out. Yeah, I figured it out. Figured it out eventually. Yeah, you just stab something. Real simple. <laughs> well, not no. quite, but yeah, I'm not sure quite. It's more complicated than that. So what all, <laughs> you have to, So tell me a little bit about uh, how how you do it. So basically, so there's actually a lot more that goes into body piercing than you would mm -hmm. think. Um, you know, uh, knowledge and anatomy and bevel theory, um, what that even is, how it works, how it affects needle drift you know yeah there's um, a lot of terms i'm not familiar with so let's go like what is that uh, theory you mentioned yeah so bevel theory is basically like um so a piercing needle isn't like a normal needle where it's closed so it's a hollow needle and it's got a sharp edge on it it's at an angle um so the bevel on that needle will actually create drag now the longer your bevel is the less drag you get that's why you know it's so important to make sure that you're working with high quality needles and supplies, um, stuff like that. Um, and even down to, you know, the way that you profile your needle, um, it's all going to come out differently. So, um, that definitely has a major factor into it. Um, aseptic technique has a major factor into it. So basically your cleanliness, um, sterilization, stuff like that. Okay. Okay. And so do you have a different needle that you use for different types of piercings? Yeah, actually. So they're all basically the same. So a piercing needle is a piercing needle. Now you can get them curved or straight if you want, or you can just get straight needles and just curve them yourself in house. Um, but they're basic, they're basically all the same. And now not, not all needles come, you know, Right. the same there are definitely like lower lower quality higher quality needles they're all made differently from different different brands you can get teflon coated you can get non-coated basically teflon coated makes it so it glides a little bit better creates a little less drag um 
Okay. Okay. So how long have you, and you're, you've recently started your own piercing business. Is that right? So I haven't started my own business quite yet. I'm working on that at some point. Hopefully I'll, hopefully I'll venture into doing things a little bit more on my own. But right now I did just move to a new shop. Um, and I've been working with them for a little while trying to get, you know, their, uh, we're trying to update a little bit. So whereas, you know, there's a lot of very old school piercings, piercing piercers, um, out there, I'm kind of trying to introduce new school body piercing, quote unquote, so to speak into the area. Okay. And what are some examples of that? So basically old school body piercing, um, it's very, you know, it, it is what it sounds like. It's old school. It's rubbish. It's rugged. It's hard. Basically it very much follows the term. If you can pierce it, you can put, or if you can pinch it, you can pierce it. So that's a term that basically came around a little while ago. Um, when the world of body piercing was first starting to be explored, um, it's not exactly the best motto to live by now because, you know, obviously as time, as time has gone by, we've learned a little bit more about like which piercings, you know, should and shouldn't be performed, what might be stable in the body, what might not be stable in the body, what's going to heal well, what's not going to heal well. Um, so it, new school body piercing, it ventures down the road of, um, figuring out exactly what's going to heal best, um, doing the cleanest, you know, uh, piercing that you can, you know, statums versus cold sterilization, which is basically like heat sterilization versus cold sterilization versus packs, um, sterile gloves versus non-sterile. It's just a, it's just a very big topic topic of, um, what should and shouldn't be okay, okay. in a non-regulated and, industry. Yeah. And, and going on with that, have you ever had someone uh, request a, a piercing in a certain location that you didn't feel comfortable doing? Um, Not really, to be honest. Now, if you, that's purely because I don't really have any piercings that I'm not comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> me personally, from a professional standpoint, I very much look as a look at a piercing as a piercing. You know, um, it's, it's so to speak, just another hole to poke, (laughs) Um, but, uh, when you look at, when you look at body piercing, it actually does have kind of a weird background. So, um, my mentality about it is that, you know, it it comes from a weird place. So really, is there anything that's really weird about it? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. But like, um, when it comes to like safety things and like, like you were talking about earlier, are there any like portions or sections of the body that are more susceptible to infection? Say, oh, uh, safety pierce? wise. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, so safety wise, uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. there are definitely unsafe piercings to be doing. If you're not knowledgeable about what you're doing, it's going to be unsafe a hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like, you know, there are a lot of ideas that are being popularized because of the internet, a lot of bad ideas, um, yeah. such as, you know, snake eyes, frog eyes, which are basically horizontal tongue piercings. They run side to side in your mouth. Um, awful for your teeth, awful for the muscle structure in your tongue. Cute as shit. 
Everybody yeah. loves them. They're <laughs> so cute. Um, yeah, I don't imagine that'd be comfortable. Like if you're eating food and yeah, it's not. I mean, eventually, it. I mean, it's not comfortable at first. You do get used to it. Eventually, it feels weird to have it not in your mouth. You know what I mean? Do you have these? I used to. I actually used to have my frog eyes pierced, and I used to do them knowing that they were unsafe under the guise of as long as my client is informed of the fact that it is unsafe and they've consented to this, they have all the information that they need. They're an adult. I've, I've always been fine with it. Yeah. Now, like if it's something they're comfortable with, then yeah, there's no reason why not to. Exactly. Exactly. So that's how I was doing it. Now, I've had my frog eyes done twice, which is basically that horizontal tongue piercing, but set back onto the top of your tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, the second time I had my frog eyes, I was noticing a difference in my speech after about four months. I was noticing that like my S's had a little bit of a lisp to it. Like I, f- I felt like it was like hard to speak sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um that's when I just kind of decided that I wasn't, I wasn't going to start, I wasn't going to keep doing it to people. Um, just, just basically because of that little, that little bit of personal experience, I was like, this is not worth it. It's not worth, you know, having to pay for, to fix your teeth later on. It's not worth having to talk and like having the possibility of, you know, it damaging your speech. Um, so. Yeah. And these long-term effects, a lot of people don't really think about that. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. You were talking about like new and old, old styles and piercings. So I've noticed, like you had said earlier, there's a lot of more atypical piercings that are coming out that you didn't see a lot of. in mm-hmm. the- So what, what's the weirdest uh, piercing that you've seen? Or no, not- weird. <laughs> um, on the piercing that I've seen that I like the least would probably, probably be the horizontal labray um personally just because i think it's a bad idea honestly for the most of the reasons for the same reason that your horizontal tongue piercings are not a good idea um but the horizontal labray they have such a high rejection rate so it's basically through your lip it runs side by side through your lip monty hey mister oh you have a cat yeah, you hear him crying. Yes, oh, go pet him. Yeah, he just wanted some attention. My cat, uh, her name's Pickles, and she's the most sweetest thing ever. I love her. <laughs> He's an well. I found him at my work, and um, oh. it's called the Holy Grail. So his name's Monty Python. Oh, I love that. Right. <laughs> so uh, he's he's stinky and adorable, and I love him. He's so cute. Oh, that's um, cute. You rescued but, him. I did. I did. Uh, oh, but, yeah. But but is that like a piercing that goes through that little... Uh, and this is so interesting. I, I never thought that... Uh, well, this is something I didn't think about. You have to really know all these different anatomy terms. And I don't you know a lot of do. these terms. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There are so many. And on top of it, like, there are a bunch of little made-up names, too. Like, a bunch of... Like, a bunch of little made-up names for... a bunch of different piercings and i'm like and not even just for the piercings it's like name different names for different setups of the same piercing and i'm like 
why? Because I have, I'm staring at you. I've been doing this for five years. You throw out a random name of a piercing to me and I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just staring at you with this blank look on your face. And my next question is going to be like, what piercing are you talking about? Yeah. Like, I feel like so dumb. <laughs> like there needs to just be one word for whatever the piercing is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I usually just, you know, I'll call it, you know, say somebody's can't come to me for a pair of snake bites or a pair of angel bites or a pair of spider bites they're all gonna be classified under paired labray piercings mm-hmm. yeah and those are the ones we were just talking about you said they like go through the lip yes well yeah. so not exactly so the ones that i was talking about that i don't like are horizontal like side to side through your lip like if you're looking okay. straight on by your face it'll run sideways now an alternative to that is going to be like a paired Ashley piercing, your paired LeBray mm-hmm. that's going to be through the center of your lip. You can still achieve that same look, but safely. It's not mm-hmm. going to reject on you. Um, it's not going to scar you as badly when it does start to move. Um, but LeBray piercings are going to be just straight through the lip with a little flat back on it. Okay. Now, what's that little, um, like on on the upper lip, that piece of skin that I've seen people have been getting piercings through uh between your lip and your teeth that, that oh the fl- smiley piercing oh yeah. god that's a whole <laughs> yep yeah it's so bad for your teeth and gums yeah it's like it doesn't so seem bad. like it'd be good <laughs> now i will say i will say in the past it's been one of my favorites to do because it's so easy it's so mindless it's just mindless hole poking it's so easy that seems like it would hurt the most though because really you think so it's such thin tissue i I don't have any piercings so i don't know (laughs) (laughs) they're definitely they're definitely fun it's very it's a very 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 fun thing to get into i will say because they're so personal and so customizable which ones do you have I have a little bit of a so at the moment I have twenty eight piercings. Oh, that's now, so many. I've been pierced about eighty times in my lifetime, though. So yeah. I've removed and gotten back and repierced and taken out and you know, um, but at the moment I just have twenty eight. I have eight in my left and eleven in my right. Um few body piercings top and bottom navel i have a few dermals oh shoot i have 30 because i just got two (laughs) crazy craziness wow Wow, nice nice (laughs) Uh, that's something else i want to touch on right because if you take them out the the holes they'll seal up right oh yes within minutes they can yeah real quick yeah yeah piercings that you've had for years yeah it's so insane. that must be frustrating yeah it is it is it is and not all piercing is like the low piercing you know now yeah. if you if you really want something to stay open you're really dedicated to it you can stretch it a few sizes higher than what you know it would typically yeah, be if you get like the the gauges those will stay pretty much yeah i mean if you gauge anything it'll stay pretty yeah. much i mean there there are things that can close up over time but say say you get a piercing to like a 12 gauge it's going to be open Pretty yeah, much. for sure. What's the? Uh, do you do gauges on your? People? I personally do. Um, they're very much not as popular anymore as they used yeah, to I've be. Yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah, I see less and less people with those. Not nearly, and I don't. <coughs> I don't get it. I think they're so cool. 
like why I, I i just don't get it it's so 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 cool um and i personally actually had my ears stretched it's actually pretty easy to let them get back down to um their original size how but big did it, you get them stretched um i had mine about to a zero um which is basically like the point of no return so you get to a double zero or higher chances are you're gonna struggle to size back down okay all the way um now i could probably still get maybe like a 10 eight gauge through my ear my right one maybe but um no i was stretched to a pretty decent size okay okay which you said you had a a bunch in your ears which part of the ear hurt the most for you <laughs> it's such a loaded question because everything feels so different everything um, hurts bad. everything hurts yeah i mean to be honest it is a piercing um piercing is a piercing but to be honest i i don't think i'd ever get a helix piercing again it's so simple but it's like one of the most painless painful piercings to heal Either that or an industrial. I know I never get an industrial again. The helix is basically this entire outer portion of your ear. So where you would consider like, quote unquote, a cartilage piercing. Oh, okay. So just all up and down that ridge is a helix piercing. But since it's so far on the outside of your ear, I just feel like everything bumps it during your healing process. And then it's just never healed. Does it ever affect uh, this? This is a stupid question, probably. Does it ever affect your hearing? No, no, I will say, I will say if my, (laughs) if my death ring moves, I hear it click against my anti-tragus and my tragus. Um, but no other, other than that, like nothing, nothing really. Um, the only piercing that I could ever think that would ever really affect your hearing would be like a death piercing. I I feel like you'd have to have a pretty big ring for that. But other than that, no. That's the one that's on that little flap, right? So the death is actually inner ear. So that's the that's the piercing that everybody thinks relieves migraines. Um does does not relieve migraines. Okay. (laughs) Um it it's entirely placebo and it's unethical to uh advertise that yeah yeah, to advertise it as like the migraine piercing in my opinion um now i have had clients in the past tell me that it did work for them and you know what i say to that i love that congratulations i'm so glad that that worked for for you 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 know i'm glad you're not in pain anymore i'm so glad that that worked for you that that like it actually thrills my heart um (laughs) i'm serious (laughs) but um not it it, it definitely, it definitely is interesting to see what people say about him. That and the that and the tragus people will say uh, relieve headaches, but no, we're not doctors. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Would be cool. I couldn't even. You're probably closer to a doctor because you at least know anatomy. I've, I'm clueless. <laughs> <laughs> anatomy, aseptic technique. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be I'll fully fill out the sterile. Paperwork. That's what I'll, I'll I'll handle the paperwork. Yeah. yeah no there we go it works it works nah but you would you would not be able you would not believe the amount of nurses that come in though um to see me since you oh, mentioned wow. that yeah that's interesting super I, I, super cool i didn't know that uh i figured if you were a nurse you'd have to take out your piercings but i guess it depends on who you're working with well a lot of a lot of under mask piercings are very popular for like nurses and stuff right now but um oh. 
no yeah i see i see a lot of nurses i've noticed um since you know swapping from like cold sterilizing and stuff like that um one thing that i did really want to touch on was like the importance of like cleanliness in a in a you know oh yeah for sure you gotta sterilize yeah yeah well i mean not even not even that but like so when you when you look at body piercing as a whole it's an unregulated industry yeah um so there's a lot of people who don't really care um a lot of people who are not interested in you know um not interested in you know up up updating methods or anything like that updating their sterilization updating or aseptic you know um it's a lot of people you know out here setting up on like you know non-sterile stuff using non-sterile gloves like it's it's mm-hmm. and you and you would not believe too and you wouldn't know the difference either walking in but it is it is so important to like vet your body piercer and like make sure that like see are they prepping the skin before marking are they using iodine um is everything actually fully sterile are they you know using sterilized gloves and stuff like that so oh, yeah. um one thing very, wanted, very important to look for that. One thing I wanted to ask you about, um, this is something I was thinking about, like with dermals especially, do you have the ability to take those out? Or does yeah. It just, okay, so then how do you clean the, you have to clean the area of your skin because it's just like a hole in your skin at that point, right? Well, so to be honest, it is pretty much a hole in your skin with a little piece of jewelry in it, to yeah. be honest. Um, microdermals, so essentially... When you're cleaning your piercing, you're keeping it free of debris. Yeah. So you're going to be wanting to clean outside the area. And then you're also just going to be wanting to clean, you know, just underneath the top, just to make sure that there's not like any buildup under there, dirt, crusties, anything like that. Um, so you can remove dermal thermals. Um, so you can, there are two options. You can screw off the top and that will leave the anchor in the skin. And then you can screw on a new top. Okay. Um, if you're wanting to change out your tops, the alternative is completely removing the dermal, um, which you can, you can pull those out. Um, you can also cut them out. I prefer to pull them just because it scars less. Um, but as far as keeping it clean though, you're really just keeping it free of debris. Like you don't need to take the top off every time you clean it. You're really just giving it a good spray with some nice sterile saline, you know, drying it off and then leaving it alone throughout the day. Uh, your immune system is what keeps your piercing clean mostly. Mostly. Um, okay. mm-hmm. So you're not really going to be putting anything on your piercing really to heal it. Um, so that includes, you know, no alcohol, no peroxide, no bactine, um, no neosporin, no paste ever on a puncture wound um so yeah it's it's actually you wouldn't believe how simple the aftercare process really is yeah wow this is so i figured there'd be more that goes into it this is very interesting it's it's so simple it's so simple it's it's mainly just leave it alone it really is see that'd be my problem because i have to pick at everything (laughs) 
No, actually, it's my personal problem too. Because I, I will tell you, your body, your body modification artists have the worst aftercare practices, and I'll call myself out on it too. Like I know tattoo artists that will dry heal a tattoo; that thing won't see a touch of moisture the entire time. Oh no! Me, I'll sit here and spin my jewelry all day long, but second I see you touching yours in my store, I'm like, keep your hands off. You know, it's bad. (laughs) It's bad. So. Out of all of your uh, 30-something piercings, which one's your favorite? My favorite? Oh, gosh. I think my anti-tragus, which, um, do, do you know what a tragus is? That is part of the ear. Yeah, right? you're, okay. yeah, it's part of the ear. No. We're learning. It's that little flap of skin, right, that comes off of your face right in the front of your ear. I'm Googling it right now. Do it, do it, do it. So the part adjacent to that is the anti-tragus. Okay. The okay, antitragus is my favorite piercing that I have. Okay. Oh, that's nice looking. Thank you. Yeah. So th- I think you're looking at the tragus. The um, antitragus is right across from it. So the antitragus is the smaller flap that's like. Connected. Yes. Okay. Yeah. To your pr- pretty much connected to your lobe. It's like an extension of your, your lobe. Oh, okay. So cute. And um, it's probably one of the hardest healing piercings to get. And. Um, out of, you know, four years getting pierced with steel, this is my first piercing with implant-grade titanium. Oh, um, does it feel different? Oh, my God. I thought I was signing up for a year and a half heal. It took me six months. Oh, wow. Nice. took me six months. And that is also so important as well, your jewelry yeah. quality. It's been such an issue. It's been such an issue lately just because piercing is going so mainstream. There are so many people selling low quality jewelry to people. And that stuff takes what I imagine take longer to heal up. Well, yeah, a hundred percent. Well, so if you get pierced with a low quality piece of metal, so say you have implant grade titanium. So this is the most body safe metal, you know, on, on the market. This is the type of metal that they're using in surgeries. It's got a high polish finish to it. You know, you put it next to this piece of steel, which is going to be, you know, filled with alloys and mystery metals. You know, surgical steel is just a fancy name for a bunch of mystery metals that were thrown together. And it's a very porous metal as well. So when you put that in your body, um, you notice your jewelry getting stuck a lot with steel is because your body's fusing to those pores um, and dragging through the piercing. So so if you have like a low quality metal, is there a chance it could rust? Yeah, I mean, any any low quality metal can tarnish over time, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And um, I mean, most most of the time, you know, if you're getting a piece of jewelry under like $30, it's going to be, you know, surgical steel. And um, it's a overwhelming amount of, you know, low quality irritated piercing jewelry that I remove, you know, that's green and tarnished and you um, spend a few more bucks, you go with implant grade material, you know, it's never going to tarnish all these high quality um, companies have warranties on their jewelry, where if it breaks, you send it back, they replace it, you know, Um, which is amazing, you know, so I mean, it actually it's an investment ends up saving you money in the future. Since you're not having to replace your jewelry every time it breaks. I mean, I haven't lost a piece of jewelry in about two years. That's a good. Wow. That's, <laughs> That's a good track record. Yeah, would you would not believe, actually, because I you, you have no idea how much you lose jewelry. 
if, if I had 30 piercings, I'd wake up every day. I, I would count them and be like, okay, is everyone here today? Yeah, we're doing a head count. Do we yeah. have all the kids? I'm pulling hey, up. Tommy? I, <laughs> <laughs> I pulled up a little graph to see all the folk, all the uh, different piercings. So now I can at least know what, what, what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Um, so, yeah, but you asked me earlier about the most painful piercing. Um, oh, yes. I look at that. that. Look at the industrial piercing on that graph. That is the most miserable piercing to heal. That's probably my favorite piercing on a person, though. <laughs> right? It's so that, nice looking. Yes, it is. It gives. It's a really nice vibe. I like it, but <laughs> because you have to go through two sides, so yeah, that would probably hurt more. Oh, it hurt. Oh, and then on top of it, the fact that they're connected, you're obviously gonna have, you know. Oh, stress issues, and pressure healing. Sure. Yeah, I yeah. mean, one thing happens to one side, it happens to the other. So it's it's not fun. Mine took about two years. And do you have that in both ears? I just had one and I don't even have it anymore, actually. Um, <clears throat> it's one of the only piercings that I don't, <laughs> don't oh, yeah. have anymore. I'll never do it again. It was miserable. Miserable oh, a little no. bit. It was awful. So... Have you ever, like, missed when you're, like, piercing someone? Have you ever got th- stabbed him in the wrong spot by mistake? Oh, my God. Oh, my <laughs> God. Well, you know, we're not robots. We're it not happens. robots. It yeah. happens, I will say there has been – there have been a few times, but I'm very careful, honestly. I, I will say that there have been a few times where I've been going through with, like, a jewelry transfer, and, you know, I've accidentally, like, nicked somebody um, – maybe like i don't know like on a lip or something like that but um it's it's not very common and each time i notice pretty quickly and go ahead and readjust my angle but i mean nothing nothing really crazy i um i have accidentally poked somebody on the inside of their septum on a nose piercing um but i also realized that pretty quickly and (laughs) readjusted but honestly honestly nothing crazy like that every once in a while you do get finished with a piercing and you realize that you didn't you know you didn't hit your angle 100 percent like you wanted to and then at that point you know you have the opportunity to either let your client leave out like that or tell them hey this wasn't perfect i would love it if you would allow me to redo this really quickly before you leave and you know if if you do a bad piercing 100% of the time, that should be your option. You know, that should be your answer. Hey, I'm not super thrilled with this. May I redo this um, yeah. for a discounted rate? Well, do you have any final uh, thoughts you'd like to add? Because I think I got um, all my... Yeah, this, is su- this was so interesting. I'm, I'm learning a lot. I learned a lot about it, the ear anatomy. I didn't expect <laughs> it's definitely you wouldn't think there would be so many different names for things on your ear right yeah i didn't even know people got piercings in some of these places uh, it's cra- you would not believe the oh my god you would not believe the pe- the places that people get piercings in it's Wait, crazy. what's the weirdest place what's the weirdest place i mean obviously they're like intimate piercings stuff like that um i think the most interesting piercing I've ever seen was on somebody's hand. Was it like a dermal? Yeah, it was a dermal on the back of their hand, and I was like, why? Yeah. But she had had it for like 15 years. Why? And I'm like, like yeah, but 
but that I'm just looking at my hands. You like that's like right on the bone, pretty much. Well, it's so not practical. It's yeah. so not practical. And then you also have to think, you know, you're gonna be washing your hands, you know, you do a lot of things with your hands, you know, it's gonna be getting snagged. And I'm like, these piercings don't heal in the first place. You're a unicorn. You've had this for 15 years. I was it was it was probably one of the coolest piercings that I've seen. It's probably like you don't get to see something like that you know, every day is probably one of the most cool experiences I've ever seen, like piercing wise, but like, definitely, definitely a little odd. I don't understand the <laughs> the thought process. Well, you know, but I mean, it okay. looks cool. Yeah, but I don't think it's practical. No, it's not. It's not. Do you but, have any uh, issues getting on planes? No, actually. So jewelry should not be picked up by a metal detector should not there's no reason why your jewelry should be picked up by a metal detector ever okay. ever ever <laughs> would be really funny though would be a really 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 funny story yeah well <laughs> next time next time you go flying try it out <laughs> okay okay i'll just stick a whole bunch of jewelry in my pockets and just like see if see if the metal detector goes off well you see that makes sense because you're in the process of starting a piercing business so why really? wouldn't you have a bunch of jewelry yeah see, they would sense. love it they yeah. i'd be their i'd be their favorite person they saw all day you know well thanks so much for being here this was so fun oh thank you so much for inviting me this was so cool yeah yeah thank you everyone for listening if you liked it share this with your friends with your enemies with the whole world get it lots of views and plays and comments leave a comment and be sure to share the podcast with your friends because this is the best part really the more people that listen the more money i make and then it's a cycle because i make more money and then i make more episodes and then you get more content and then i get more money it just goes on and on forever i'm dead i'm dead that's funny well thank you so much everyone bye bye